Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox Podcast, and I am Josh, and I am pumped to have two ladies on the show today. They have a podcast called, and you haven't heard of it, you absolutely have to check it out. It is the Risen Motherhood Podcast, and I have Laura Weffler. Whiffler? Whiffler, yeah. It's okay. Everybody messes it up. It's all right. (laughs) And Emily Jensen on. Thank you guys so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited. Now, tell me about the show. Yeah, well, um, Risen Motherhood kind of started about a year and a half ago, and originally it was just a podcast. We kind of started out with five episodes. Let's see where this goes, feel it out. Um, But since then, it has just resonated with so many women. We've been able to really expand it out into a more robust ministry. So we do a lot of microblogging on social media. We do videos. They all kind of tie into that week's show content. Um, We have a blog resources page. And I think like one of the biggest arms and one of the biggest passion areas for um, Emily and I with Risen Motherhood is really biblical literacy because our hope is, is that we talk with moms about motherhood. They're not just trusting our voice, but that they are checking the Bible, making sure that what we are saying is true to God's word. And so we developed this arm called Risen Motherhood Equipping, which really, I don't know, it generally deals with the inductive Bible study method and teaching moms how to work through the Bible, to study God's word on their own, just to help them know what some of those next steps in motherhood are as we're all kind of navigating and constantly making decisions. Um, We want to equip moms to be able to think through a gospel lens. Because that is, I mean, it is essential. You know, you look at our Christian counseling practice as well as just any church, and you you don't see a lot of depth nowadays. Have y'all, you know, and actually digging in inductively and studying Scripture is is imperative. Have y'all seen any pushback from that? Like mom saying, ah, I just don't have time for that? Yeah, I think what's cool is we've seen so many moms respond like, wow, this is, you know, like life-giving water to my soul. Where has this been? And um, I think we've sustained ourselves as, you know, moms and kind of the age of social media on these quippy inspirational posts or Mm -hmm. um, a few how-to blogs that give us some, you know, a boost for the afternoon. And then when a mom actually takes time to sit down and dig into God's word and meet with, you know, (laughs) the ultimate giver of life. And she, um, understands what it feels like to, um, have her identity found in Christ. And she's going, wow, this is actually sustaining me. This is actually giving me what I need to be able to live out my calling. And so if anything, I think, um, we've seen a lot of women jump on board with the equipping resources Mm -hmm. because they're realizing that these other things are not going to sustain them um, in their, in their life. Yeah. And I think a great thing about the method too, is that it really can be, you know, as deep you can go 
and take it really, really far. Or you can kind of stay at a level, not um, a surface level, but just like an ability to be able to kind of make it work in the time that you have. So mm -hmm. I know Emily and I um, just working on it at our own homes, we may pick at it 10 minutes here, a half an hour this morning, and then an afternoon we might get at a coffee shop for an hour. And so it's great because it doesn't mean, it, it's not meant to feel burdensome. Instead, like Emily said, it's really freeing to be able to say, I can dig in as I have capacity and, and just trust God to be able to use the time that I have if I am, you know, putting my heart right and applying myself to the text in front of me. I love the the vision and the passion and certainly the the podcast kind of morphing even into the equipping ministry. What was kind of, were there events in y'all's lives or, or habits or patterns y'all were noticing? What kind of precipitated the desire to make the show? Yeah, well, I mean, I think at the very beginning, Laura and I just found ourselves processing through just as friends and sister-in-laws, like, what does our faith, what do these these truths of the gospel have to do with some of the really mundane things that I'm facing every day? And hey, I'm worn out dealing with this behavior issue over and over and over again. Or, um, you know, life just seems hard as as a mom with young kids around. And so we started having these conversations and had a lot of friends who were also having these conversations and decided to kind of air that <laughs> um, as we were processing and figuring it out, knowing we don't have the answers. Um, and so that's kind of where it started. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of evolved over time to just try to look at every single issue strategically and apply the gospel um, in a way that makes sense and is a little bit more tangible. Yeah. And I think the reality is, is that there's a lot of freedom in motherhood, but with social media and our friends and even our local church body, there can just be a lot of pressures, burdens, stereotypes placed on moms. And, you know, ultimately we start to find very easily, we begin to find our identity in these things that we do. You know, I am the homeschooling mom. I'm the breastfeeding mom. I'm the adoptive mom, whatever these, these kind of camps are when ultimately that's not where we're supposed to find our identity at all. You know, we're supposed to tether that to Christ. And so our hope with the show is really to allow a mom to feel freedom in living out who God has uniquely created her to be. Um, and, and feel confident because her identity isn't found in all of these things that are shouting at her, mm -hmm. but instead she has a deep peace because it is found in Christ. So that's the chord that I think rings throughout the show as we tackle these pretty meaty topics. Ultimately, much of the answer is, hey, stop looking at the world's answers and start looking yeah. to Christ. Yeah. We had um, Lisa Bevere on the show, and we'll be dropping her in the fall. And she was expressing her passion to to see parents not love their kids equally, but love them uniquely. And that just struck a chord with me when you were saying um, that you want moms to be able to live out their unique, created kind of calling. How can husbands assist in helping facilitate their wives living out that unique calling? <laughs> well, I think it's always hard um, for us to speak into what husbands should be doing necessarily. But I mean, I just appreciate my husband and I view ourselves as partners in the Great Commission. Um, we are unified and called by God um, to raise our children in the Lord. And we do that in different ways at different times during the day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more so in the heat of it, literally during the daytime hours, you know, he comes home and 
may like do bedtime really strong. <laughs> um, we both have different strengths and weaknesses. And so I guess I just really have, appreciate that partnership mindset. And we both come to the table with our own unique gifts and our own <laughs> strengths. And we can just really support one another, one another in that. Yeah. And I think like a practical way of doing exactly what Emily is saying is, you know, having a husband ask me, like when my husband asked me, how is risen motherhood going or how, how are the kids today? Or how did, you know, that doctor's appointment going, those kind of things even just make me feel loved that he shows interest in it when he asks to pray for me. Um, or he just, you know, does an impromptu prayer or anything like that. Like those kind of things of just showing interest and saying, I want to support you in this is what do you need? Do you need time? Do you need some funds? Do you need, um, you know, a night out with some girlfriends to brainstorm? I'm like, what is it that you need? Yeah. And for my husband to offer that to me is really like the best gift that he can give when he communicates that. Excellent. Yeah. You guys had an episode, um, episode 69 of your podcast, and it was entitled loving the difficult mom in your life. Kind of tell us where you guys went with that episode. Yeah. So this is actually one of our most asked questions from listeners is just kind of how do we deal with some of those relationships that aren't as easy, but we, we can't get rid of, you know, there are uh, people around us all the time that are difficult. And I think one thing that Emily and I really drew out in the show that we hope moms remember, and it's hard for me to realize, but like, we're all that difficult mom at certain points in our lives. And especially when you experience something for the first time, or maybe you're a first time mom. And so everything is new. Moms can be difficult. You know, we're really like, I know I can look back when I was a first time mom, or just again, as I experienced new things. And sometimes I look back at with more maturity, more perspective. And I would say, I wish I wouldn't have spoken like that, or maybe I would have done things a little bit differently. And so just offer grace and remember the gospel. So putting these things in their proper place and deciding, you know, which of these things are just beautiful matters, like what Paul talks about in Romans, what, what has some value, but is not ultimate importance. So what can you let go? And it's the question that I think we all need to ask ourselves is choosing those battles really wisely. And most things with most moms that are, are difficult probably can just be let go as hard as it can feel sometimes in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing we try to talk about a lot on our show that's been a big revelation for Laura and I is like the reality that the Bible doesn't speak specifically to like our 2017 cultural issues um, in a way that prescribes how we should each respond as moms in every situation. There's a ton of principles. God speaks to the heart. It's timeless application, but there there's a lot of choices that we all make that we, we apply those principles. We examine our hearts. We look at it in light of scripture. And so as Laura said, the disputable matters aspect is something we always have to keep in mind of like, is this a mom's preference? Is this the way that she's trying to live out the gospel? What's her heart in this? Um, and try to take our eyes maybe off of what our culture likes to call mommy wars, (laughs) um, the issues themselves, which honestly, a lot of those things aren't clear commands in scripture, you know, like how you sleep, train your baby. I, I don't know any verses (laughs) that prescribe that. How about, uh, how do you handle a difficult mom that might happen to be your mom or your husband's mom? I know that maybe you didn't necessarily prepare for this question, but, you know, handling in-law relationships can be tricky. It's something that certainly comes up a lot in, in our office. 
What would you guys say to to the young mom or mom out there and just handling in-law relationships? Well, it's always funny when we get asked this question because my mother-in-law is actually Laura's mom. (laughs) She can't say anything bad. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, and, and one thing that uh, we're, we're both very blessed by is the fact that, um, both of our mother-in-laws are believers. And so, um, when I know, you know, my mother-in-law trusts in Christ and wants the same things for my children as I want, there's a lot of perspective that that can add to difficult Mm -hmm. situations. And, um, things may come down to personality conflicts or, you know, poor communication, but generally, at least I haven't yet had to deal with anything that's, um, you know, on a spiritual level, a really big issue. Um, but one thing I always try to do if something comes up is I'll often like run things by my husband and (laughs) process through it with him. Um, and he just does a really good job of helping me discern, maybe what is something that kind of made me upset in the moment that we can be proactive about in the future, or what is something that maybe we need to have a more strategic conversation about, or we need to think about where we stand so we can clearly communicate that to in-laws and we're all on the same page. And a lot of times it's just a matter of all of us seeing the clear vision of what we want for our kids and bringing the in-laws into that. And then they're very happy and um, accommodating to try to do those things that we really care about a lot. So I don't know. That's kind of been our number one strategy. Absolutely. I don't know if you have any thoughts, Dad, Laura. No, I mean, I think that you handled it really well. And and that's exactly as you know what we do. But I and I think just praying about difficult relationships or difficult mm-hmm. issues. I know oftentimes even my heart will just be changed towards an issue or um, I'll be softened towards something. And as Emily said, getting that objective uh view from your husband as he can help you kind of work through and process things and really just bringing up what are some of the biggest things that are really heart issues for us. And kind of going back to the difficult mom, you know, trying to discern what's a disputable matter that isn't going to affect my kid for very long term. Like, can they just have the sugar? Can they go to bed a little bit later? I know there are, you know, are difficulties that all we parents face when some of those things happen, but really just allowing the grandparent too to have a great relationship with their um, Mm -hmm. grandchild and what can you as a parent do to foster that? And sometimes that is just kind of letting down some of those rules that, that you want. You guys had a, the episode actually before that episode 68, you did an interview with Jared Lopez from the dad tired uh, podcast, which is a fantastic podcast out there for dads, but it was entitled mom supporting dads. Kind of tell us a little bit more about that interview. Yeah. I think that spiritually, sorry if I didn't mention that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. With mom supporting dad spiritually, I think this is a big area for I have had to see a lot of growth in my own life. And I know Emily and I have had a lot of conversations of how can we best equip our husbands to lead our family well? Because I think that it's very easy for us to look at another um, man on social media or at our church or just comparing. And we see this one little snippet and all of a sudden, like our husband in our eyes, we're like, he is not measuring up. He's not doing exactly what, you know, this, what I believe my ideal Christian husband should look like. And one thing that we always strive to do is um, see what my husband is really good at. What is he talented at? Where is his natural giftings? And so how can I really almost exploit those giftings? You know, how can I breathe life into things that he's already gifted in? And so, you know, like a silly example, but my husband is really good at reading books with uh, lots of voices and lots of animation. And so 
you know, I may go out and find some some Bible stories that I think are high quality. I've done the research. I've kind of, um, you know, has great theology in them, and I can just set them on the bedside table so my husband can read them at night. And and it's all set up and ready for him. Or morning quiet times. Like I know we have a book that we do, and I picked that book. I selected that. I mean, I ran it by him. He knows what we're doing. But ultimately, I kind of did some of that legwork to gather the things together. And then on a Saturday morning when he's home, um, he's able to lead our family and just pick it up because it's not complicated. It's not hard. And, and I've, I've allowed him, um, just freedom to lead in the way that he wants, but taken some of that burden away, uh, that I think, especially with dads who work full time, maybe if the wife doesn't, um, especially I have more time to do that than he does. And I think that's, that's powerful. Sorry, Emily, if, if you're going to jump in there, but I think that's powerful just because a guy's core question he's trying to ask is, am I adequate? You know, do I do good work? Gary Thomas, author of Sacred Marriage, was on the show, and he was talking about how discontentment comes out of broken expectations, whereas if, we, if we're just thankful for the things we have, well, that's actually where joy and contentment comes from. And I think moms, to your point, moms can kind of have the broken expectation of what we think that our husbands should be like spiritually, and we can really grow discontentment towards them, and then that fuels their inadequacy that they're feeling. So that's, yeah, I think that's powerful, Or Yeah. And I think that those expectations are key, exactly like what you're saying. Um, and I always have to remind myself when I sense that kind of discontentment growing, like my husband and I are one flesh and we're both sitting on the same side of the table facing the problem yes. together. And so it is completely counterproductive for me to start thinking in my mind, well, I've spent more time in the word than my husband. Well, I'm doing this prayer time with my kids and our kids, and he's not doing that with them or whatever those things are. Because again, we're not against each other and it's not about who's doing a better job. Um, and so it's things like praying for him. Um, if I see an issue that my first, you know, instinct isn't, oh, well, let's sit down and talk about so I can kind of <laughs> critically tell you what you're not doing right. Like yeah. oftentimes God will convict him on his own, you know, if I'm praying, um, looking God at my own life. You, and, Emily? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and I think to to kind of turn it around, I definitely don't need to be my husband's Holy Spirit, but I think, you know, praying for him and and asking that question, like, am I living out the gospel for my husband to see? Kind of self-examining, getting the log out of my own eye. Um, and also, I think just affirming, like we've been talking about, the things that he does really well, because sometimes where I'm comparing, um, you know, Bible reading time, my husband is asking our boys to contribute to the family with hard work. <laughs> and he is visibly laying down his life by loading the dishwasher every night or putting aside the thing he wants to do so he can be with our family. And I think just remembering to appreciate all those ways that, you know, where I am maybe <laughs> not doing a very strong job, he is, sure. he's really leading well. Um, and so it's definitely a team effort. And finally, guys, and again, thank you so much for being on. Y'all had a, a blog post that was entitled The Seven Principles of Discipline. And obviously, you know, we talk about, you know, our moms comparing themselves to other moms. This is certainly an era with which that happens. I think there's a lot of self-doubt when it comes to how we discipline our children. Kind of speak to that blog, that, that blog post and kind of share some insight from it. Yeah, I think like where that one started too was like, 
these are some principles when you don't know what to do. And I think all moms and I think all dads, you know, we all experience that on a daily basis. What do I do? My kid just, you know, did X, Y, Z behavior. I have no idea what to do, or we try something and it's super ineffective and we don't know what to do next. So that really came out of an, of just a desire to say, like, do a couple of these things and, and you probably, um, can, there's a few things that you can do when you don't know how to discipline. And number one, I mean, I think it starts out with just praying, um, asking the Lord to show you what to do. Sometimes with my kids, when I don't know what to do, I'll be like, Hey, can you just pray with mama? Because we both need Jesus right now and we're both sinners. And so I will just bring it back to that. And my kids are always, um, a little more soft when we just go back to praying because then I'm not going to do something that I maybe shouldn't have done or handle something in a way I shouldn't. So I think prayer is always a safe spot. And then obviously praying about a situation or a discipline issue outside of the, the, the moment itself. Um, and I think too, talking with our husbands, you know, we're talking a lot about how do we love our husbands? Well, how do we equip them to lead spiritually? It's bringing the issue to them and asking them, Hey honey, you know, here's what's going on. A lot of times they don't see the behavior as often as we do, or they don't know the gravity of it. And so to be able to sit down and make a game plan with your husband, um, ask him, what are some of the things that you would do? What would you do in the situation? I think that's loving your husband and it's loving your kids. Um, I don't know. And what else would you add? Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting too. It depends a little bit on like your parenting personality. And one thing I've struggled with a lot is just passivity and not feeling like, oh, do I really have the authority as a parent to really train my kids and to um, shape their character into Christ-likeness by <laughs> maybe stopping um, them from doing something that's that's really not um, biblical. And so I've really had to do this one that we call act, learn, and adapt. <laughs> and it's just doing something, you know, do the, do the simple strategy that I know to do. Um, and then see how everything turns out and it's okay to change. You know, we don't have to, I feel like consistency. I used to think meant I respond to this issue the exact same way every time <laughs> when really I think consistent consistency can look like, no, my kids can count on me, um, to intervene you know, with great persistence on their behalf, according to biblical standards. And sometimes that's going to look like one method and other times it's going to look like another method. And that is okay because I, I've learned a lot, you know, in my five years of being a mom and I don't know, four or so of, of disciplining and, and that's, that's okay. And so giving myself that flexibility has been important. Emily, did you just say you've been a parent for five years and you have four children? Oh yeah. And I she's, guess she's <laughs> about to have five math. children any day. Uh, Lord. Yeah. Well, I have a set of twins and so that's wow. how that math works out. Woo. It's still crazy. <laughs> it's still very insane. Guys, so it, I mean, obviously hearing this interview, you will want more from both Laura and Emily. And so if you want more information, definitely check them out at risenmotherhood.com. You can also, it's pretty simple, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. They're at Risen Motherhood there as well. Ladies, thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having us. They were fantastic. Sorry, guys, that Jimmy was not able to join me with being, I guess, between them, mothers of almost eight children and nap schedules and they were very specific in the time that they, day and time, which they could be interviewed. Um, and so Jimmy wasn't able, we actually just set this up last week and Jimmy wasn't able to, to move the clients that he had. 
but a couple of points. Uh, I loved their piece about kind of comparing our husbands to spiritual leaders that you might see out there on Instagram or or even you know in 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 sermon podcasts and kind of our the for you wives out there your husband's not measuring up and then that broken expectation really can kind of create if if unbridled bitterness towards him and so really celebrating your husband and his strengths instead of comparing him to 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 other spiritual leaders I think is huge with the whole discipline thing, it was like, bring your husband into that conversation, pray with him, what he's thinking and feeling on the subject, and together creating a game plan. I thought that was huge as well. And then I loved Emily's piece. You know, she can struggle to just do something as far as discipline is concerned, and consistency for her has meant just respond. Our children need to be confident that you as a parent will not turn a blind eye uh, regarding misbehavior, that we're, we might not respond consistently each time with the same discipline, but we're going to consistently respond, I think, was a great piece as well. I hope you guys enjoyed today. If you want more information about the show or this episode, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram there. You can find the handles as well as Jimmy and myself individually. Our handles are at the website as well. Be sure to check out the show notes. You can go to the website, paradoxpodcast.com, click on the episode tag and find that there. And then again, if you want more from Risen Motherhood, definitely, definitely check out the podcast. Guys, have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. We in the church and in our homes, we have been so good at teaching what to believe. We have taught Bible knowledge so our kids know the, the Christmas story. They know that there were shepherds and there was a little drummer boy. And Balaam's donkey. And his smart ass. <laughs> Which, <laughs> no, See, that's a very technical, that is correct. To the outside world, uh, you would think we would have written that joke down. You would think. <laughs> but within about, you know, uh, just 15 seconds ago. Random Bible story of Balaam's donkey came into my head, and you, within 0.05 seconds, responded with his smart ass. Because it was a donkey that spoke. Oh, yeah. That's why I referenced the story.